0: Good morning, everyone. It's good to see so many friendly faces. It tells me that you're happy to be here to worship. That's great. And also, I'd like to give a a special welcome to any visitors that we might have. I hope you got a friendly greeting at the door as you entered and also a special welcome to those that have joined us on radio tv or the internet and uh, we pray that uh, this morning service will be a real blessing to you we are now in december and there is much be before us to be joyful about such as christmas celebrations which have already begun and uh, let's give thanks for the opportunity that we now have and reestablish our friendships. And all the while also remembering those that are not that fortunate as we are. This is a special season to express love and care. And it is also a time of joy and wonder. The wonder portrayed in the nativity scene, the star of Bethlehem, the lowly shepherds, and the noble wise men all came to worship the Christ child. But there is much more wonder even than that associated with the birth of Christ, which was predicted centuries before. I am reminded of Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 in the Old Testament, and it sounds so familiar with what is said in Matthew. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So illustrated before us is the great love our God has for his people. Through prophecy and scripture, we are given a glimpse of God's plan, providing for our salvation and an opportunity of eternity with him in heaven. Let us pray. Our heavenly Father, we thank you for this special season to celebrate the birth of your son, Jesus. Inspire us to reach out together with love and compassion and be that light on the hill, proclaiming the joy of the Savior's birth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Heather will lead us in more singing, and then Jake and Tina Gerbent will do the Advent. Uh, reading.
1: Good morning, uh, we'll start with O Come O Ye Faithful, it's number 132. In your hymnal we'll sing all
2: four verses.
1: song we'll sing is 129. Uh, I invite you to stand for the next two songs. Number 135, Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
3: Today is the second Sunday of Advent. Uh, The topics today are Prophet, Psalm, Epistle, and Gospel, and the scriptures are listed in the middle of your front-page bulletin. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples, Of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious.
4: Psalm 72, verses 1-7, 18, and 19. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the royal son. May he judge your people with righteousness, and your poor with justice. Let the mountains bear prosperity for the people, and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people, give deliverance to the children of the needy, and crush the oppressor. May they fear you while the sun endures, and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth, In his days may the righteous flourish, and peace abound till the moon be no more. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. For whatever
3: was written, I'm sorry, this is the epistle, Romans fifteen four to 13 For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may, with one voice, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore welcome one another, as Christ has welcomed you, for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness, in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy, as it is written, Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles, and sing to your name. And again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles have hope." May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope.
4: Matthew 3, verses 1 to 12. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of, by the prophet Isaiah when he said, "'The voice of one crying in the wilderness, "'Prepare the way of the Lord. "'Make his path straight.' "'Now John wore a garment of camel's hair "'and a leather belt around his waist, "'and his food was locusts and wild honey. "'Then Jerusalem and all Judea "'and all the region about the Jordan "'were going out to him and they were baptized by him in the River Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, "'You brood of vipers, "'who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? "'Bear fruit in keeping with repentance, "'and do not presume to say to yourselves, "'We have Abraham as our father, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now, the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire.
3: Now is the prayer. Uh, after the prayer, I would like to ask you to stand up, and we'll say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in Heaven, it is marvellous in our eyes that you promised from long ago a salvation that is yet to come. You sent that message of hope through your servants, the prophets, but they will see your steadfast love, love and mercy, and know the faithfulness of our God. Yet along with the salvation of those who believe will come the reward of those who despise the grace of God. Judgments will come upon the earth because of the wicked. Father, pour out your, on us your Spirit, that we may gain a heart of wisdom, that we might turn from all wickedness and in humility, bend the knee, and acknowledge your majestic glory. Thank you, Father for sending your Son to absorb in His flesh the punishment for all our sin. It is with glad and humble hearts that we acknowledge Jesus Christ, who came in the flesh to save His people from their sins. Now, hear our prayer as we pray the way Jesus taught us. Please, rise. join me, please.
0: forever and ever, amen. Thank you, John and Tina. I guess if uh, the need arises, there's still the old-fashioned way to light that candle. (laughs) You might have noticed that uh, Pastor Vic is not uh, present this morning here. He's at Bueller Center uh, this morning uh, 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 giving the uh, service there and but he'll be back though for the adult Sunday school later let's take uh, a look at the bulletin on page 2 uh, next Sunday December the 11th Uh, at 1045, Pastor Dean will have a baptism and membership class in room 130. So uh, take note of that. And then tonight in the fellowship hall at seven o'clock is uh, an Advent hymn sing with a special black light feature. All are welcome and coffee is to follow. Then on to page three. Uh, Also note for next Sunday, December the 11th, following the regular service, the Discovery Bible study applicants. And for those that are still interested or are interested and would like to join, we will have a short meeting to discuss plans on how to move forward with the Bible study. And then please note the invitation for men's prayer time here in the church, uh, fellowship hall at 7 a.m. Wednesday, that's in the morning. Coffee and muffins will be provided. We have persons with health needs in Boundary Trails, uh, our Dave Deck, Dora Peters john suderman and jeremiah alexier and last night carol clausen was also admitted into boundary trails please re- remember them in prayer a number of them are gravely ill uh, then we have a prayer request uh, six-week-old uh, baby drew Endelin is in the winnipeg children's hospital she is a daughter to Dylan and Rave We Beltona, who is our is also our great granddaughter. And I should uh, give you a brief update. Drew is doing okay, but last Thursday was a hard day. Surgery to attach tubes in her chest was more challenging than anticipated. By the end of the day, Ravi and Dylan's courage was challenged, and that's when your prayers are greatly appreciated. This coming week, the immunity treatments begin. Then to carry on, Abe Wieb has now had his sh- surgery in Germany. It went well and he will be in recovery before returning home in a few weeks. He uh, thanks you all for your prayers. Expression of sympathy. Uh, Walter Hebert passed away uh, Wednesday, November the 23rd. His funeral was held Tuesday, December 6th. He was the brother-in-law to Verna Hebert. And I would encourage you to review the bulletin, the rest of the bulletin, on your own. I would like to take note that we have only a few prayer requests, but I am sure there are many out there who urgently need and would appreciate your prayers. Many of us also are aware of those in need, and so. As we go into prayer, I would like to give you an opportunity to pray for them while we are in silent prayer. And then I will close with uh, the prayer for the church. So uh, let's bow and and go into uh, silent prayer. And uh, reach out to those that are in need of help. Our Heavenly Father, hear our prayers brought before you this morning. Each person is precious in your sight. You know the needs of those brought before you, and we pray that they might comfort in the assurance that you are near them. We bring before you Dave Dick, Jeremiah Lexier, Dora Peters, John Suderman, and Carol Clausen in Boundary Trails and baby Drew Andalin in the Winnipeg Children's Hospital. We pray that your healing hand be upon each one of them. We bring before you the family of Walter Hebert as they mourn his passing. We pray that precious memories and the assurance of your awaiting arms comfort them we bring before you the leaders of Northland's Parkway Collegiate Lighthouse as they encourage students in their walk with you. Lord, as we ask that you fill the hearts of those that are responding to our call for baptism and membership with the joy of salvation and being part of a body of supporting believers, Now, Lord, receive our offering joyfully shared toward the building of your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, that you have inspired Pastor Dean to expound on the wonderful revelation of your coming and of the blessing at hand for those that believe. Give us an appreciative heart as we receive the message. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Ushers, please come forward to receive the offering, and Heather will bring the offertory, the scripture reading following then by Elsie Remple.
1: Good morning. Today's scripture reading is taken out of Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 to 25. The birth of Jesus Christ. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home to be his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Thus further reading of today's word.
5: It's a wonderful time of the year when we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, his coming. We come into a church that is lovely decorated. We thank the decorating committee, Val Dick and Susan Buchert, and I don't know if there were others that also had a hand in the decorating, and we just love to come to church and to celebrate the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Greg Laurie tells this story in his book, How to Share Your Faith. We have all come to know the story of, singing of, the, uh, of the sinking of the Titanic. And one of the things that makes this tragedy so captivating is the realization that the story could have been different had the ship's captain and crew not made so many disastrous decisions and mistakes. We've learned how those in charge repeatedly and flagrantly ignore the warnings of the ice, ice ahead. We know that the captain tried to steer the ship around the fatal iceberg instead of hitting it head on, which with the advantage of hindsight would have been the better choice. We also know that there were not enough lifeboats on board. One of the greatest tragedies of the Titanic story is that when the massive ship went under, many of those uh, lifeboats were only half full. Those in the lifeboats could hear the screams of the people, many of their husbands and sons. Yet not one boat went back until a long hour had passed. They returned after the screams had subsided. They rode back to the people only when they felt it was safe. But it was too late. Listen. The screams of those who are without Christ can be heard. They may not even realize the severity of their situation yet, but they cry out to us. We must go and pull them into the lifeboats. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come into the Christmas season, we know the reason why you came into this world. It was to save mankind, to die in our place, to give eternal life to all those here and will respond. Help us to realize that we have an incredible mission before us, and it is to communicate with those who have not heard. We all have friends and relatives, acquaintances, and even people that are sometimes very close to us, but we don't even know their names. And we have the opportunity to build bridges, to be able to share the greatest story that has ever been told of the salvation of mankind. And for all those who will listen, their lives will be transformed, those who will receive this message. We thank you, Lord, that we, we come to this church. Many of us here have made that commitment to you. Help us to realize that we have an obligation out of love for Jesus Christ to share with those around us. As we celebrate the Christmas season, help us to be mindful and intentional of reaching out to others. For this we pray in Christ's name, amen. Christmas time is a joyous season, a time when we get together with family and friends and loved ones, a time when we sing and share, read the word, attend church, have lovely family gatherings, and giving of gifts to one another. Yet the greatest gift in itself is knowing and walking with Christ every day. All of us. All of this is great, and we learn that the meaning of Christmas is that Jesus came to save his people from their sins. Without Christ, people are lost, like drowning in the sea without any lifeboats. If you are here today, or watching by television or the internet, and have put your faith in Christ, you have one of the greatest, or not one of the greatest, but the greatest possessions in all of the world. However, this most incredible gift is not to be kept to ourselves. We must give it away. And as we give it away, we never lose it ourselves, but we tell others about the love of Christ and how they too can have eternal life. We need to share with our family, with our friends, and acquaintances who have never met Jesus Christ. This morning, we continue in a Christmas message series entitled, God's Incredible Gift, His incredible gift that he gave his one and only son. And if you can remember last week, we talked about the phrase the incredible gift. The incredible simply means unbelievable. It is actually unbelievable that the God of the universe would die in our place. The one who is creator and sustainer would give his life and we could be recipients and have a relationship with him. It is a gift that was given to us by God, the father of uh, of his son that he gave. It cost him everything. It cost him his best and he gave it for us and it is the incredible gift. Today we wanna look at the second message of the incredible gift, the reason for the gift. The reason why Jesus came. Luke chapter 19, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. And Mark chapter 10, verse 45, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Yes, he gave his life as a ransom, and he stood in our place, and he gave his life. As I've said, the, re- the message titled today is the reason for the gift, the reason. The reason for the gift, number one, is displayed in a couple living a righteous life. A couple living a Righteous Life, verses 18 through 20. Let me read for you these first three verses. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. As Matthew carries the stories of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, his focus is on Jacob, I mean, pardon pardon me, on Joseph and his response. While Luke, when when he records the story, it focuses on Mary and her response. Notice that there is no introduction or background to the couple. It is assumed that the reader will know and understand the story that is being presented. Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, and the Jewish marriage had two stages. The first stage was a parent went out looking for another child who was compatible with theirs, so that those two children could be betrothed. Once someone was found and the other parent agreed, an engagement took place. Both the husband and wife-to-be would continue to live with their parents until the day that that would take place. And usually that engagement would take a year's time. But this engagement was considered marriage already. They were married. They had come and they were betrothed to one another, except they never had any sexual relations until the wedding day. The second stage was when the man would take the woman home. And according to the Levitical law, if the woman was found to be pregnant at this stage, she could be put to death or divorced, and vice versa for the man. Somewhere along the line, Joseph found out that Mary was pregnant and wanted to divorce Mary quietly because he was a righteous man. The term righteous man does not mean that he was without sin or that he was perfect, but rather that he followed the law. He followed the law. Therefore, he still needed a savior like everyone else, like you and I. I'm sure that Mary told him the story of the encounter with the angel because the angel had come to her and told her what would happen and how the Lord had chosen her to be the mother of the Son of God. But of course, Joseph couldn't believe it because nothing has happened like this before. And I'm sure Joseph wanted to believe if he could, but he couldn't because it did not make sense. How could someone be a virgin and at the same time be bearing a child? Joseph was well aware of the requirements of the law. This was definitely considered adultery. And he had a choice of three alternatives. The first, he could publicly give her a certificate of divorce and disgrace her and her family. The second, he could give her a public divorce and have her stoned. Third, he could divorce her and do it privately and not disgrace her. Verse 19 tells us that he was a righteous man. He chose the last one, even though his heart was broken by the seemingly act of adultery. Joseph did not want to take any revenge on Mary. He laid down his rights so he could put her aside and do justice. He was not trying to get even or to extend any extra pain or do anything such as that he was doing what he believed was right after joseph had decided to divorce mary privately the angel of the lord intervened in verse 20 the lord appeared to joseph in a dream and told him not to be afraid to make mary to to take mary home as his wife This is a good reason why the Lord told told Joseph not to be afraid. Joseph and Mary were betrothed to be married, and here she was pregnant. News must have spread around in gossip, and now Joseph must bear the brunt of it. People would be thinking that he had committed fornication with him, and it looked like he was the bad one. But Joseph did that did not bother Joseph, because he still did what was right. People would think the horrible about him, but he still, as I said, did what was right. However, I want you to notice something important here. Verse 19 indicates that Joseph was a righteous person, as I've already said a number of times. But Mary was also a righteous woman. Mary was a righteous woman. She had not committed adultery because the child that she was carrying was of the Lord. Instead, she had kept herself pure, which is why the angel of the Lord appeared to tell Joseph. This now leads us to the second step of the reason for the gift. Number two is confirmed in a promise that a son will save his people from their sins. The reason for the gift, number two, is confirmed by a promise that a son will save his people from their sins. Verses 21 through 23. She will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. In these three verses, we learn some interesting things in the name... uh, in the names the son received, and not only in this verse, but a little bit further um, ahead when we started reading this portion of scripture. First, he was to be given the name Jesus. Jesus was actually a common name. And it was the Greek name for the Hebrew equivalent, as I've said before, I think in last week's message, Joshua, which means Jehovah is salvation. Many parents like to name their names after godly men and women in the scriptures, such as David or Jeremiah, Joseph, Mary, and other names. So the name Jesus was a noble name, but it was a familiar name. However, later, Jesus was given another name by which he became known. Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Christ. Christ means the anointed one, and the Greek equivalent is Messiah. The children of Israel were waiting for the coming Messiah, or the king who would set up his kingdom in the world and deliver them from their enemies. They had been waiting for this for a long time, especially since the dominance, dominant Roman Empire was over them. So Jesus was a human name, while Christ was the official title, Messiah, King. The last name the child is given is Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is the prophecy that was given to Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you the sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and call him Emmanuel. Mary was going to bear the son, the Savior of the world. She would bear she would be a virgin and the the conception that would take place would be miraculous. She would bear a child who would be fully God and fully man. Matthew points out the name Emmanuel means God with us. It paints a picture for us that Jesus Christ God, is that in Jesus Christ, God is not distant from us. He's not. On the contrary, He is with us, beside us, and in us. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 15 through 16, gives us a tremendous and an extraordinary promise. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive and find grace to help in our time of need. We can approach the throne of grace with confidence, not with shirking back, knowing that Jesus Christ came and paid the price for us, and now we have access to the Father, who in turn will help and and, um, minister to us. And Hebrew chapter 13, verse 3 says, God said, never will I leave you Never will I forsake you. The promise is in Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. Every step of the way that we walk the journey here on this earth. Verse 21 points out the reason why Jesus came. You are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. That's why Jesus came. That is why Jesus is who he is. He came to save us from our sins and give us new life. Therefore, we have an incredible responsibility, and opportunity to share the good news this Christmas with our family, our friends, and others who do not know the Lord, or who may never have made a decision for Christ. That is the meaning of Christmas, which is why Jesus came. It came to be the savior of the world, and not just my savior and your, world, uh, and your savior, but the savior of everyone else, if we will be responsive to his call for us. However, there is more. The reason for the gift is number three, found in the life of obedience in verses 24 through 25. The reason for the gift is found in the life of obedience, verses 24 through, 50, or 20, uh, 24 through 25. When Joseph woke up, he, didn't, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Who gave him the name Jesus? Joseph gave him the name Jesus. That's what the angel had told Mary, what the name would be. When Joseph gave him the name Jesus, he was accepting him as his earthly father, although it was the heavenly father who begot him. Joseph was living a life of obedience. Once again, he was righteous, but not perfect. Instead, he strove to live a life according to the scriptures That's the way we should be living our lives. But more importantly, that we are believers, we have the help of the Holy Spirit who will strive with us and help us to live the Christian life. According to verse 25, when Joseph married Mary, he had no relations, relations with her until she had given birth to a son. Joseph understood that all the things happening to Mary were of the Lord. In verse 25, we can see that Joseph is self-controlled, and self-controlled is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Mary was the only woman in the world to give birth to the child to a child and remain a virgin. Of course, we can't understand that because this was a miracle. Humanly speaking, this was impossible, but all things are possible with God. Do you believe that? All things are possible with God? Did you know that the greatest miracle that Christ did was not walking on the water or the feeding of the 5,000, the healing of the lame or the blind, and the sick? or raising the dead, or turning the water into wine, the greatest miracle he does is to come into a person's life and to transform them and to give them new eternal life that will last forever. The reason why we have Christmas is because Jesus came to save us. He came to save people from their sins. You and I can be a part of this as we share the message of the transforming power of Jesus Christ with those around us. Are we going to take the opportunity to do that this Christmas? Because we know him as Savior and Lord, and what about others who don't? What about them? Do we just sit idly by and say, well, it's nice knowing you, but I don't want to embarrass myself by trying to share the gospel with you. Greg Laurier wrote a book, How to Share Your Faith. He was born in 1952. When he was 17 years old, he came to faith in Christ. He was born to a home, was a single mom. His wife, his mother, had seven husbands. He lived the life of abuse, drugs, alcohol, and then finally, when he was 17 years old, he came to faith in Jesus Christ. Today, he is the pastor of a church that he started of Harvest Fellowship in Southern California. Over 5,000 people in his church, another 250,000 that, le- that watch by internet, and 80 ministries that he ministers around the United States and other place. And he tells how he come to Christ and changed his life when he was 17 years old. This is what happened two weeks after he had first met the Lord. I was green as they come," he says, as far as sharing the gospel went. Yet there I was, a young teenager out, of, out on the beach, looking for someone to talk about my newfound faith in Christ. It did not turn out that, the way that I expected it. I was only two weeks in my commitment to Christ. I didn't know much about Christ, or the Christian living, or the Bible. But I had heard that I should go out and share the gospel with others. So one day I went down to the beach, the same one where I used to make a point of avoiding any Bible toting Christian who might try to convert me. Now here I was, a bona fide member of the Soul Patrol. I like that term, what he uses the Soul Patrol. Out prowling for unbelievers to convert but I wasn't exactly full of confidence. In fact, my main goal was to find someone who wouldn't argue or get angry with me. I thought if an unbeliever just ignored me or walked away, that would be fine. Eventually, I spotted a middle-aged lady who looked about the age of my mom. I figured she might be somewhat sympathetic to me. When I walked up to her, my voice trembled with nervousness. Ah, excuse me, I said, fumbling for the right words. Can I talk to you about something? She said, sure, what about? Well, about like God and stuff like that. I answered, and then remember, he says, I was just a teenager. To my amazement, she said, go ahead, sit down, talk with me. I then pulled out a copy of the evangelistic tract that I had stuffed in my pocket just moments ago. I was so new to the faith that I hadn't even memorized the plan of salvation, so I just read it through the entire book verbatim. The whole time I read, I was shaking like a leaf and thinking, this isn't going to work. Why am I doing this? This is not going to reach her. But the woman continued to patiently listen to what I was saying, rather reading. When I got to the part in the booklet that said, is there any good reason why you should not accept Jesus right now? I realized that I should direct my question to the woman. I hesitated, feeling awkward. I looked up and asked, uh, is there any good reason why you should not accept Jesus right now? No, she replied. Okay, I said, slightly confused. That's what would, that, then that would mean that you do want to accept Jesus right now? With a look of quiet resolve, she answered, yes, I would. I was shocked. For a moment, I didn't know what to do. I had only planned for failure. Frantically, I searched the track for some kind of prayer in which to lead a person who wanted to invite Christ into her life. After what seemed in an eternity, I finally found one. In the most reverent tone that I could muster, I said, let's bow our head for a word, a prayer. Even as she prayed after me, I was still thinking, is this not going to work? This won't work. After we were done, the woman looked up at me and said, something just happened to me. And at that moment, something happened to me, too. I got a taste of what it was like to be used of God. I knew even that at this point still in my young life, that no matter what I did in life, I wanted to continue to share the gospel with others a man that was transformed, two weeks later, shares the gospel and brings another person to Jesus Christ. That's what Christ is asking you and I to do. We have been entrusted with the greatest message in the world given to you and I. And we can't do it by ourselves because we have to be praying and asking. But we all have loved ones who do not know Jesus Christ. We all have friends and neighbors who do not know him personally. And we have the greatest opportunity. And I'm asking you this year to be praying and asking God to lay people on your heart that you know and that you will have an opportunity to share the greatest gift of all time, and his name is Jesus Christ, and he will change their life, and he'll change yours and mine as he gives us a new, fresh experience of what it means to bring people to Christ.
1: The last song that we'll sing this morning is number 137 in your hymnal, The First Noel. Uh, we'll sing verses 1, 2, and 3, and then Pastor Dean will come up and give the benediction, and then we'll sing verse 4. Uh, I invite you to stand if you are able.
5: benediction is found in 1 Peter 5.10. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a while, will restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we pause before you, once again we reflect upon the greatest gift that was given, at Christmas time, incredible gift, incredible worth, and you've been so good to us. When we had sinned and walked away from you, we were born and steeped in sin, and you sent your son into this world, and because of this, we have redemption. Now I pray that you would give us, each one here, the voice and the courage to speak and to share with others may we do it through prayer may we do it through compassion may do we do it because we love others and we want to see them have eternal life and to see them in heaven i pray now lord that you would go with us into this new week and give us the strength to live a life that will bring honor and glory for you for we pray this all in the powerful name of jesus amen (laughs)
2: this <laughs> us